fight And we don't have to kill Everybody in the whole wide world Really just needs to chill No, we don't have to fuss No, no, no We don't have to fight Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Just Chill with Oliver George. This is episode number 48, and the guest this week is a gosh darn national treasure. But before we get to that, I want to remind you, if you're watching on YouTube right now and you would prefer audio only, you can get that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many other places like that. However, if you're listening to this and maybe you didn't even realize there was a visual side to this whole thing, then I encourage you to please come check it out on YouTube. However you choose to enjoy the episode, though, if you could please like, subscribe, follow, share, whatever the case is on the platform that you are using, it really helps me to keep growing this show from the ground up and reaching more people like you. So if you've already done so, thank you so much. It really means a lot to me. And finally, if you want to reach out to me, maybe you've got a cool guest idea or just some general feedback about the show, you can hit me up at justchillpodcasting at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's guest. That's right. I had the chance to sit down with the man himself, Ed the Sock. And if you're like me, you grew up watching him on Much Music, which is very appropriate to this interview as he was discussing New Music Nation, which is a channel that he's launching, a multifaceted channel that really brings back the vibe of Much Music and the spirit of Much Music that we all loved, focusing on independent Canadian artists. It's currently on Indiegogo right now, so you can go back that campaign. But before you do that, why don't you check out this interview? Because I think it'll give you a little bit of behind the scenes insight on it. And I just had a blast talking to him. So I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Thank you very much. All right. Well, thanks a lot, man. I want to thank you first off for uh, coming on because uh, not only am I just happy to have you as a guest, but you actually had a, a big impact on this show. I had the chance to open for you and Leanna back in uh, March 2nd of 2019. I can see the poster over there. And uh, I got a chance to host for you. And I hadn't done comedy in like eight months. And it went fairly well. So, um, and it was just cool getting to open you for you. And after that, it sort of propelled me into wanting to launch this show and, and sort of, you know, a little shot of confidence, if, if so to speak. So I wanted to thank you for that. You're welcome though. I want to know why the people doing the booking book you to open when you hadn't done comedy in eight months. <laughs> Fair. Uh, I probably showed a video I had done and it seemed passable, I guess. Brandon's I guess a nice so. guy. I mean, judging by a lot, we had a lot of openers during, uh, during that, that tour. And, you know, went across Canada and uh, you were you were, I remember you as being a good opener. The reason, I re reason I remember that is because most of the openers were horrible. <laughs> it was like it was open mic night. Like they had no their, their material was old. Their delivery was poor. And I was like, these people are the best in town. Like, or did you just find somebody at the bus stop and say, hey, you want to <laughs> tell a couple of jokes? There's stuff. There was one guy. He was he was vile. His his standup was vile. He was saying disgusting things about his wife oh, and man. sex. And she was in the audience. And oh. yeah, I, I, I she was like, no, it's OK. And my thought is, what is she going to say other than yeah. it's OK? Sounds like but a messed she, up she relationship. Seemed, she seemed very uh, submissive in nature. And I was like, this is not OK. You know, this kind of crap is not OK. People assume that, uh, you know, when I was going live, they're going to see me be extra crude. No, I'm not extra crude. I, I can use words I can't use other places. Um, I can be a little bit more politically incorrect when I'm going live. But, uh, you know, you're not going to get the, the, the vile filth that came off of him, which mostly gets nervous laughs rather than actually legitimate laughs. Yeah. It makes people nervous and they laugh because they're nervous. Yeah. Some people, they don't care as long as they get a laugh. 
And that's such a weird vibe to try and start off a show with too. Jesus. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Then, then we come in after the scorched earth. Yeah, exactly. Like, Hey, how's everybody doing? <laughs> Yo, well, I'm glad I, I stood out as one of the non shitty ones. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Um, well, man, let's, let's get right into the, uh, the new thing that you're doing right now, which is trying to launch the new music nation. You've got an Indiegogo campaign going right now and you guys just are at 71%, I believe just hit 25 grand. So it's, it's, going at a, at a great speed, full speed ahead. Um, and this is supposed to capture what mu much music was once like with real connections with the audience. And uh, you want to kind of revive that, but put a modern spin on it and focus on independent Canadian artists. So it's just like a really lovely uh, idea and I hope it, it works out. So, uh, but what else, you know, what motivated you and, and also what caused much music to, to really shit the bed in your opinion is another thing I wanted to know. Well, those questions the answer to those questions is kind of intertwined um much music uh shit the bed when they stopped knowing the new new management took over and this new management management didn't understand what made much music much music mm. they saw much music as a poor cousin of mtv and kept and kept wanting us to drift over to become more of what mtv had become which was a reality tv station yeah. less about the music uh, massive inferiority complex for MTV. You'd go into this woman's office and instead of having much music on the TV, she would have MTV on the TV. And she'd say, why can't we do shows like that? Uh. You know, the obvious answer is we didn't have the money. MTV had way more money than much music. And we never hid the fact that we didn't have money. We made that pretty obvious. We weren't trying to fool anybody. We just gave good content. We didn't package things up nicely. Um, and uh, she, uh, she told me once, our viewers are stupid and just want shit. So we're just going to give them shit. And when you have that kind of disrespect for your viewers, you're, you're going to lose them, especially yeah. when your viewers are not stupid. Like she insisted, she insisted that nobody that viewers uh, couldn't remember anything that happened more than three months ago. So don't mention anything more that happened more than three months ago. And I refused. And we, we did a documentary uh, a smart ass. He had the sock report about hip hop and we went back to traced it back to hundreds of years to griots who were uh, who would tell stories in Africa. And I said to her, well, this three month thing, um, we just did smart ass and it got huge ratings, like better than anything else you had this month. And we went back hundreds of years and they said, yeah, nobody's interested in that. And I said, I, you know, you don't understand. We got high ratings. Yeah, nobody's interested in that. So how do you continue a conversation with people like that? Yeah, really? They're, they were stupid uh, and mean, not nice people. And uh, so I, I quit. Uh, I, was, I refused to start dumbing Good down my stuff. I, just, I was like, no, this is not, forget it. I stayed with my city TV show, which is the same company, hmm. but I quit much music. Um, and then much music went on the, the sales block and then it got sold. And then they came back to me uh, when after the new management took over, new owners took over and they had wanted me to come back. And then just as we were discussing that, they changed formats to this comedy format and that went out the window. Wow. And yeah. my motivation yeah. is that there is nothing out there like much music. There's you know, people say we have YouTube. What do we need much music for? That's ridiculous. Yeah. That, you know, that's like saying we have uh, we have house league hockey. What do we need the NHL for? Um, just because there's a lot of stuff out there doesn't mean it's good. 
No, not at all. And doesn't mean it has the same snap. Uh, there was a particular personality that lived in much music. There was something there underneath it all. There was a little magic mm -hmm. underneath it all that tied it all together. So you can go and look for videos on music videos on YouTube if you want. Go ahead. The thing is, their algorithm is only going to take you to videos like the one you just listened to. Yeah. So you're not going to be exposed to a variety of music you didn't even know was out there if you're just going by an algorithm. Yeah. We're going to be uh, exposing you to different kinds of music that you otherwise wouldn't have encountered if you're just following a computer. Definitely. Um, well, one of the things that I think made much magical was obviously the VJs that they had employed. And so I wanted to talk to you because I saw a couple of the previews for some of the, the New Music Nation VJs that are coming up. And I got to say, they were really likable. They seemed to have that same vibe. I don't know how you did it, but it, they really seemed re like relatable and down to earth, but still interesting and uh, still good behind the camera. So I wanted to know what qualities were you looking for specifically when you went looking for those VJs? I was looking for personality and authenticity. People who wouldn't put on airs in front of the camera. People who, who would be themselves, but the, the, selves that, the themselves that they're going to be are interesting characters. Mm -hmm. They're interesting people because, you know, none of the Much Music VJs put on an act. We were all Genuine. who we are. Yeah. Everybody was legitimate and authentic. And yeah. that's what people responded to. Um, and then they started hiring spokesmodels and telling them what to say. And that became uh, completely artificial yeah. and people just dropped off, stopped watching it. So I wanted people who were who were real and who seemed likable and had quirks. You know, they weren't they, they're not the uh, football team captain or the homecoming queen. Uh, they're people who have quirks um, and understand the media as well. Understand how to play to a camera. Nice. Well, I think you captured that because I saw Ali B and Dez and they both seemed like really cool, interesting people. And from different yeah. parts of Canada, too. Uh, Dez was from up in Northwest Territories, I believe. Yeah, Inuvik, Northwest Territories. Cool. He's running for mayor of the town there now. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's a bit of a Hail Mary for him. But good for him. <laughs> yeah. Good for him. That's awesome to try something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of VJs, then, uh, if this thing gets off the ground, which I think it will, in the future, do you think there's a, a chance of uh, guest spots from, from former Much Music VJs stopping by? Well, the door is always open for, uh, for you know, visits. So uh, I hope that we will see visits. Uh, there's some more likely than others. Uh, I can see uh, doing something with Strombo. Nice. Because our friendship has lasted over the years. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're in touch with each other you know, sporadically, but Rick enough to it. be in touch. Um, and Rick Campanelli, I'm in touch with, have been for, you know, continuously for years. Yeah. Love to have him on. Um, uh, Bradford Howe, he's in New York. Oh, he was awesome too, yeah. Yeah, he's in New York. He's actually uh, on a new project that's a new pop culture network uh, online down there. Nice. Um, so uh, if I do something with him, it'll be online. But he's also been a friend for years. Um, the rest are uh, sort of friends. They're, they were people who I was friends with, but you know, time is, we've gone separate paths. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that I couldn't tap them on the shoulder for, uh, for a guest spot. Well, I think it would be huge if you could do some sort of a VJ reunion special, uh, which I would volunteer to moderate uh, th that panel for sure. I mean, I've already interviewed, you're now the third ex uh, much music guy that I've interviewed. So, you know, you if that get, ever yeah, comes Strombo up. and who else? Uh, Campanelli, uh, he was. Oh, yeah, Rick. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, and they both spoke well of you. 
Yeah, um, well, we uh, we all get along. There's a mutual respect there. Yeah. Well, no, you guys seem like a real family. Yeah. And like a family, you're closer to some members than others. True. But you're still family. Well, hopefully you can try and touch base and some people will come through maybe that you, you think might not, you know? Well, yeah, there's there's one relationship in particular that needs repairing. Um, I'm not going to tell you who. I think I know who it is. Um, okay. There's one relationship that needs repairing. And uh, <clears throat> I've tried it. Uh, I haven't had success, um, but it may have been I tried at a bad time in that person's life. True. So yeah. I'll uh, I'll try again. Revisit. Just for yeah. the sake of repairing the relationship, not to have him on as a guest. No, that's awesome. Um, well, I want to know, is this going to be, uh, since, you know, there won't be any big broadcasters involved, is this going to be uncensored? Because we all know when you're listening to a certain song and, and half the words are bleeped out, it can kind of ruin the vibe of the song a little bit. So I was yeah, wondering. There'll be, there'll be no censorship. Nice. No, uh, bl no blurring of uh, lyrics. But by being uncensored, that doesn't mean expect the VJs to start swearing and showing No, it doesn't need to be crass for like no that. reason. No, it's... Uh, I mean, we'll talk like real people talk, probably nice. drop the word shit in there now and again. Um, but uh, that's no big deal. But we're not going to use um, the license to just go crazy, to yeah. just do stuff to, for the sake of doing stuff. Because, ooh, look at us. Look Shout at how edgy we are. We get to swear. Like, that's that's just crap. Like, yeah. I don't know if you're, uh, you might be too young to remember the cartoon Ren and Stimpy. Yeah. But uh, it was very popular uh, and it was groundbreaking and unique. And then the creator got sole rights to them and he started to do uncensored commercial uh, cartoons and they were no good. Oh, I didn't know. Because he went way too far. He went, it's, it's fun to skirt the edge. Yeah. You know, it's fun to skirt the edge. It's fun to do a nudge and a wink. It's fun to do euphemisms. It's stuff like that. That's fun. It's using cleverness to uh, get to say what you want to say and have people know what you're saying, even yeah. though you're not saying the actual words, that's a challenge and that's more fun than just coming out and saying the words, just being brazen. Um, so, you know, that's the same thing. Like they found that uh, a woman whose uh, breast is covered is more alluring to a guy than a woman whose breast is right open, is, like, is naked. Leaves um, something to imagination, yeah. Yeah, it leaves, there's a little bit of mystery there. Yeah. There's a little bit of... So there's a little bit of something that it's not because it doesn't just reduce it to a body part. There's an allure to it. Yeah. And uh, that's why there's an allure to doing content that doesn't just have swear words thrown in for the hell of it. Yeah, well, that's awesome, man. Uh, I'm still glad there won't be censorship, but I like that you have that approach to it. Um, I also want to ask about fromage because I did read that that would be making a return. And I have to imagine after all these years, there's been so many countless videos you've seen that you've probably had this deep urge to want to lampoon. So I'm wondering if any really stood out that, uh, over, you know, the last decade videos that you just really can't wait to sink your teeth into. Well, actually I'm not going to be, uh, we're not going to be playing any of the big names on new music nation. It's all independent, unsigned artists or those with small record labels. It's great. So I won't be I won't be doing fromage uh, aiming at the big the big uh, names because they're not part of what we're doing. Oh, um, it's going to be fromage based on the videos that we get. Still so, be awesome. Um, you know, you got to be gentle because these aren't people who have a lot of money yeah. and they put their heart and soul into the videos. So you can't be, you know, scathing. Um, but you can be scathing in other ways. Listen, when we used to do fromage. The artists would thank us for putting them in. 
rather than getting mad, they're like, thank you for putting us in fromage. So they liked they liked, uh, you know, taking the piss out of them. Um, yeah, it's like so, a roast or something. Yeah. 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 It was uh, it was they considered it an honor, they said. Nice. Um, and so it's, I'm not saying I'll never go after the big names, but they don't interest me anymore. Like the, the, the big name talent. They just don't interest me. Well, you've uh, talked to almost all of them. <laughs> I've talked to a lot of them. Yeah. A lot of the new ones, you know, of course, I haven't talked to. Um, but how could talking to them be any different than talking to the people who came before them? Yeah. You know, they're, they're very, I mean, I imagine an interview with Kanye West would be kind of out there. Um, <laughs> but how would my interview with uh, uh, Taylor Swift be different than my interviews with Christina Aguilera? Fair. Or any yeah. other, uh, you know, the so-called diva. Um, or pop princess. Yeah. How was it? How would it be all that different? And I'm just not interested in that heavily commercialized, heavily marketed music anymore. It just doesn't hold my attention. That's awesome. And helping out independent artists in Canada is is a great initiative to be, uh, you know, putting behind this. Well, I got. I mean, it's one of those things of what the hell did I get myself into? I've got so many videos to go through now like uh, tons of videos. It's going to take me a couple of days doing nothing more than going through videos and they keep coming in. So uh, this is a, I, I might have bitten off more than I can chew. Well, I was going to say, I wanted to mention uh, or ask you rather, what was the best way for artists to sort of apply officially? But if maybe you've got too many already, maybe that's not the best idea. Well, it's, uh, it's submissions, submissions at newmusicnation.ca. Okay, cool. I, I listen, I said people should submit, so I can't now say don't. Yeah. You know, well, I just, eventually I, you'll get through them all, you know? Yeah. I just got to, you know, I bit off more than I can chew. So I got to chew faster. Yeah. There you go. Or get you some know, people that, to help uh, you chew. And eventually be able to hire people to, to help with stuff. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm going to need to hire people because this, this workload is way too much for one or two people. Well, and I had, heard, I had read that uh, if this goes as well as you're hoping that you guys may eventually even get like a headquarters uh, sort of like much music had. And, well, that's the, that's the goal. And that See, could lead uh, to uh, live performances, I'm assuming, sort of like the intimate and interactive type deal. Yeah, that's the goal. That would be that's awesome. what we want to do. It, that's a very expensive proposition because um, rents are really high. Mm. Um, and uh, doing the audio correctly for live music is not easy. You need for to sure. get experts in there to do it. Yeah. Um, so but just but especially rents are very high. Um, but that's like so, a long-term goal at least. Yeah. I mean, the, the goal right now is to produce enough content that we can show it to advertisers and they'll understand what we're doing and then they'll sponsor it. Um, they'll, they'll be, you know, into what we're doing and they'll jump on board and that money we hope will be the stuff that piles up that we can then expand, uh, and continue to expand and grow and have a, have a headquarters. But as it stands, the world is our studio. You know, we can shoot anywhere somebody is, that's our studio. True. So there's a magic to that too. There's an honesty to that as well, as opposed to being, you know, one central place. Yeah, no, I, I think it's going to go great and I can't wait. I'm really excited to see, uh, you know, just where this ends up, but uh, I'm happy for you and I'm really happy someone's doing this. I think a lot of people are going to feel the same way. Um, I've heard a lot of really encouraging things from people. So it looks like I hit on it at the right time. Definitely. Well, now I want to know, though, because uh, a couple of years ago, you launched the fun, the FU network. Yeah. And uh, you've got a lot of great podcasts on there. I've actually been featured on uh, one a few times myself. But uh, I want to know, is that still going to be up and running or are you going to have to take a break from that to focus on New Music Nation a little more heavily? I took a break for the month of the crowdfund. 
That's it, though? Okay, awesome. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's still shows going on. Nice. Broken Clock still happens. Ed the Sock Lives still happens. Steven and Steven, well, I had a couple of weeks of interruption. Um, mensplaining took a, a hiatus for a month. Um, but no, tend, intend to keep those going. There's thousands of people listening. Yeah, you've got a so, ton of podcasts, too. So Yeah, there's no reason to just drop off. It's not... I mean, it, it may be the kind of thing where I have to withdraw myself from it, but that doesn't mean it has to stop existing. Definitely. Yeah. You've got it up and running. Get someone you trust to take it over and sort of chaperone yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. I only host one of the shows. So um, me not being there won't be the end of the world. I'd yeah. stop doing the uh, socket to politics show because I got sick of talking about politics. I don't blame you. Yeah. I mean, I did it for three years yeah. solidly talking about politics and then I just I just got sick of it. I just uh, got sick of the same games all over and over the same yeah. nonsense and being disappointed with the conduct of political parties and political people. I just got sick of talking about it. And yeah, so I just stopped that show. Yeah, I could see that as being very draining. Um, I actually want to ask you kind of a, a funny question now, because uh, my dad he was a big part of this show. When we started this thing, we were originally doing it only in studio and he was the guy running all the audio visual tech. He had recently retired. It was great for our relationship. Um, but with COVID and me doing zoom and him being 65, we haven't really been doing that much. And it just recently dawned on me. I should start including a question from him every episode when I'm doing one of these. So this will be the first time I'm doing this segment just called my dad's question, but uh, right. here's what my dad sent in. He wanted to know, since there's uh, a lot of people doing the 23 and me and DNA analysis is playing a big role in human genealogy lately. Uh, you know, people find out, Ooh, I had 5% Scottish. I didn't even know about or that kind of thing. So he wants to know if there's something similar in the sock world, for instance, do you know if you're 50% wool, 45% nylon and with the splash of 5% span, Index, or what's your heritage there? You know, I don't answer questions about my ethnicity. <laughs> Fair, that's valid. You know, I'm not defined by my my ethnicity. That's valid. I'm a sock, but that's that's just where it begins. It's not where it ends. Nice. If only everyone could look at things that way. Exactly. A colorblind world. Nice. Um, oh, I have to ask if there's any chance that you're maybe reaching out to Weird Al. I know I've seen other people asking that because Al Music was one of my favorite segments on Much Music where he would come in and pretend murder a VJ and kind of take over the show for a couple hours. Yeah, um, Al and I have been friends for years, like friendly. I wouldn't say we're friends, but we're friendly in that show business way. Yeah. He, uh, he did my show for the first time back when I was still on cable access. Oh, wow. Way back um in the early 90s oh wow um so and then he came and he did my late night show on city tv as well a couple times so we know each other there's oh. a regard there um i used to know his manager but his manager's not his manager anymore so i don't know his management currently but uh, uh after the uh, crowdfund is done i am going to reach out to him and see if we can at least have a guest appearance yeah, I would love to see the footage that you just described of him on your shows, especially the early 90s one. Is that available anywhere or no? Not right now, because it's on a tape format that is antiquated. Um, I have a machine that can play that tape format, but it, it broke down. And uh, the only one person around who can fix it uh, is older, and he won't let anyone come over during COVID. So sense. when COVID is over, he's apparently going to fix the machine and then I have to get my entire, like, well, I moved. Um, I had a whole setup uh, to digitize tapes and to take it apart to move. And then for some reason, it didn't go back together the same way it came apart. Oh. 
and uh, there's uh, there's uh, like warnings and stuff like that as to why the tape machines aren't working. And I don't understand what the code means. So I'm going to have to apparently the same guy can do it. So it's a lot of stuff waiting uh, until after COVID. That's awesome to know that there's a, like a treasure trove of content, though. Oh, I, I saved um, the master tapes of tons of my much music uh, on air stuff. That's awesome. So there's hours and hours of legitimate old much music stuff that that I recorded and saved uh, right from the master tape. Uh, but again, it's the same thing. The machines are giving me an error code that I don't understand. So I got to wait to get them repaired. Well, that's a good time to mention that if people go to the Indiegogo right now, there's a, a ton of awesome perks, many of which have sold out. But one of them is the Fromage Six Pack, where people can watch six different shows you did over the years of the Fromage special. So if anyone's itching for some of that classic Ed content, it's there. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised by how well that one's doing. I thought ah, a couple of people will get it. No, but it's digital downloads. Yeah, um, because you can't put Fromage up on YouTube because it'll get pulled down right away because of using licensed music. Mm. Even though there's a, there's a legal thing, if you're using it for criticism or lampoon or satire. Yeah, that's what I thought, yeah, satire. Yeah, but, but you, you can't talk to a machine about that. Mm. And it's just an algorithm that grabs, here's the music and grabs it and puts your, put, it can put your whole channel off. It can you know, suspend your channel or cancel it. Yeah. So you can't put Fromage out there for everyone to see, but I do have uh, digital downloads uh, direct from the masters. There's that's only awesome. one from Aj that's missing. I don't know where, I don't know if I have the master or not. Um, I think I found it just when I was moving and it didn't get digitized to Fromage 99. The first one I really did, the first one I took over. Um, but that's the only one that's missing. That's, which is kind of sad because that was the one that I really uh, would like to see the most. Well, hopefully um, people, it turns up. Yeah, I hope so. People quote lines to me that I said in Fromage that they still remember. That's and I'm amazing. like, I don't remember. I, I, mean, <laughs> I did so many of them. And there were so many jokes in every episode that uh, I can't remember most of them. That's so cool when you find that you made an impact on somebody like that that you can't even remember. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a jerk because they're like, they're like I remember this? And I'm like, no, I don't remember it. <laughs> Um, well, I, I want to remind people to go check out the Indiegogo then because there's other cool stuff like you can get a replica Ed. You can be a VJ for a day on, on New Music Nation. So there's just so many cool options there. People should definitely go check it out. Um, yeah, to get there, go to newmusicnation.ca, which is right now just a placeholder website. Yeah. We're going to build a bigger one. Uh, go to newmusicnation.ca and click on the Indiegogo logo. And that'll take you to the uh, Indiegogo with all the perks that uh, he's talking about. And there's about a week left in the campaign, I believe. Uh, six days. Well, this episode will come out tomorrow, so there will be five, five days. Five days. Yeah. All right, Unworking. five days left in the campaign. We've got, uh, we're at 71%, so we need to make up that 29%, uh, but we're, we're on pace. Nice. Yeah, I know. It's, it's heading in the right direction, that's for sure. Yeah, it's doing well. Um, I want to ask you, because I saw you posting recently that some of your worst interviews were with Vanilla Ice and Anthony Kiedis of the Chili Peppers. That one bummed me out a bit because I've always been a Chili Peppers fan. But on a more positive note, what interview really, you know, moved you in a positive way the most if you had to pick one? You know, if, if the interviews that, that moved me and had impact on me were when I just talked to people off the street. Oh, nice. Those were the ones that had the greatest impact on me. Talking to celebrities, I mean, they were fun. 
but I often forgot. Like, I can't even tell you now who who all I interviewed because I interviewed so many. I forgot about them. Um, I, I mean, I always had a good relationship with Christina Aguilera. Those were always fun. Uh, got to sing on the road again with Willie Nelson. Oh, wow. Including the parts where people just hum the lyrics. He hummed <laughs> along with me. Nice. Um, uh, I got uh, Chris Martin from Coldplay to run around the second floor patio while I hummed the Benny Hill theme. Um, that was fun. Um, I was going to say, as a nerd, I was kind of hoping you were going to say Stanley or Mark Hamill because I know Stan, you. Well, that Stanley was one of the few times I was like kind of in awe. Uh, he, you, you don't stay in awe very long because he makes you feel comfortable, made you feel so comfortable. Yeah. You're relaxed. It seemed like everybody's Stanley, grandpa. Oh, he was a great guy. And yeah. when we met him, he was in his 80s and he had more energy than I did. Um, very positive very energy. Spry, very, yeah. yeah, very. It was very infectious. His energy. We interviewed him three times um, at wow. his office. So and cool. it was always great. And every time we'd see him at a convent, a comic convention, he'd say, hey, did I get you kicked off TV yet? Um, <laughs> he was and then going to Mark Hamill's house um, and hanging out with his family for an afternoon. Uh, back then, they were trying to keep their dog out of the kitchen. So they had these little lightly light shock mats uh, by the kitchen door. Uh, it gave a tiny, it was basically like a static shock. Oh, okay. Um, but we kept forgetting it was there. So all the crew was like stepping over it and getting shocks. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, but he showed us around his house, showed us his, his toy collection, his uh, Simpsons collection. He was uh, a very, very gracious host. Well, uh, speaking of both those guys, I know you're a fan of comic books, as you can see by the Superman TV right there, even. But uh, I wanted to ask you, what do you think to date is the worst uh, comic franchise put to film or television? Wow, that's uh, <laughs> everyone thinks Howard the Duck probably right off the bat, but I bet there's worst. Um, I mean, Daredevil was pretty bad. <laughs> Um, yeah, it wasn't the best. Daredevil was pretty bad. I liked Michael uh, Clark Duncan as the Kingpin. That was about the only redeeming. Well, yeah, that was a redeeming feature, but it yeah. wasn't a good movie. Um, Superman four, the quest for peace. <laughs> terrible. Uh, Batman forever. Terrible. Oh, Batman. Um, I hated uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. It had a few moments in it, but most of it, it was just, just dragged on and it was just another Zack Snyder movie. Now there's Everything a four hour slow version. motion. What's that? Now there's a four hour version. Yeah. Like, this is how you uh, you win people over for a movie that was bad at two hours. Make it four hours. <laughs> I and still haven't seen the new version, but it's slow. The, honest to God, they determined the 24 percent of it is slow motion. Really? They, they measured it. Twenty four percent of the overall oh movie God. is slow motion. <laughs> That's so it's the same. He uses the same tricks over and over. Yeah. And he tells the same stories over and over. It's the same. The sky is always dark. There's always like debris flying down from in the sky that yeah, looks like it gloomy. did after 9-11. And it's all the slow motion and ridiculous overwrought music. It's the, it's just crap. I think that was that was lousy. Um, I didn't other. I didn't like Captain Marvel. Oh, no. I thought it was weak. I thought it was OK. Like Fantastic I didn't four movies, not good. Wait, you said Fantastic Four? Yeah. They yeah, were I mean, movies. the two that they made um, with Jessica Alba were like bearable in a cheesy way, but I didn't really love them. But the, the it was the old one from 94 that never even went to theater. The It was like an ash can copy that they just produced to retain the rights. I forget who did that movie. I want to say Roger Corman. Is that the guy? 
It might have been Corman. Yeah. It was the one where they did, uh, where Reed Richards stretching was done hilariously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think it was terrible. They, they had YouTube. to make a movie to keep the rights. Yeah. So they made this really cheap version of the movie and they tried to bury it, but it came out on VHS. It was sold at conventions. And apparently they didn't now. tell uh, any of the actors at the time that it was just this, you know, bullshit thing they were doing. They all believed that it was going to come out in the theater and that they were part of like a real film, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, the Fantastic Four has not been done properly on the screen. And that last version, the last one was like, was I, that's I what happens that when was. you I don't like taking superheroes and saying, let's put them in the real world. Yeah. The reason we like superheroes is it's not the real world. Yeah. And the minute you put them in the real world, it's not the real world anymore. And I don't want to have um, to ask, uh, where's the thing's junk? Because you decided not to put his little underoos on. Like, I found that very bizarre that he was just naked the whole time. Where's his rock dick? Like, what happened? Uh, you know, you know how does Superman fly? I don't care. Here's how he flies. Yeah. It's imagination. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't want to know. Uh, you know, Zack Snyder said it was all about political and social commentary. No, do that in other movies, not with superheroes. Superheroes are supposed to be a fun romp. Yeah. You can make points in them. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier made p points about the black experience in America, did yeah. it in a way that was artful and didn't feel heavy handed and didn't feel like a diversion from the rest of the, the, the series. Yeah. So you can you can comment on social things. But the way Zack Snyder does it so heavy handed, uh, it takes away any of the joy. When you yeah. leave a superhero movie, you should leave it with the feeling that you'd like to be that superhero. Yeah. And the last movie that did that for me was the, the first Wonder Woman. That was a great film. Yeah. I haven't seen the second movie. one. I heard the second one was terrible. I didn't like it. Yeah. Well, apparently she like made it. the jet invisible just by thinking about it. Like, I didn't even know that was one of her powers. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, not good. Not good. Like, you can't believe that the same people who made the first one made this one. That's what I've been hearing. Yeah, I'm probably going to watch it one day on a lark, but I haven't had the time. <laughs> There's a couple of good scenes. Yeah, I can believe um, that. Usually the shitty ones still have a couple of good scenes. But if you go into it with, with a uh, with, with, you know, expectations, you'll be disappointed. If you go into it expecting it to be anything like as epic as the first one, you'll be disappointed because it's it's not. Yeah, the only DC thing I've been excited about lately is the uh, the new Suicide Squad looks pretty cool. Yeah, Suicide Squad looks really good. As opposed the, to the first Suicide Squad, which was kind of a dumpster fire, in my opinion. Yeah, it was lousy. And yeah. that was another one that was the, the editor, or the director didn't get to cut it the way he wanted. Yes, uh, I heard so that. So it was yeah. a mess. Um, but uh, James well, Gunn has the, uh, the power to get the edit control for yeah. uh, Suicide Squad. And the trailer they released was hilarious. And the cast is just huge. Just right the right tone for that, those characters. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to Suicide Squad. Yeah, King Shark especially, oh man. <laughs> I like uh, Polka Dot Man. Yeah, and he's a great actor too, David DeSmolchin, yeah. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's like, I love that he chose such obscure characters, and I love John Cena as Peacemaker. Yes, and he's getting a spinoff or something now too. Yeah, he's getting a spinoff series on HBO Max. Right on. So chances are he'll survive the movie. Oh man, well, I could talk comics with you all day, but uh, I don't want to keep you too long. I want to ask you the, the one question I've been asking everybody at the end of this season, which is if you could have dinner with someone that you've never met before from any point in time in history or the present, who would it be and why? Uh, I know it's, a, it's kind of a, a big question, but uh, you know, whatever's off the top of your head. It's a fairly expensive question. Well, and you've talked to anybody a lot of, of all already. time. Um, who would I want to have dinner with? I think Barack Obama would be interesting. Definitely. 
because he seems like a real, like an honest guy. And maybe he'd tell me some real shit that went on. <laughs> it's all the UFO stuff. Yeah, I really want to find out about, you know, Area 51 and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, I think he seems like he'd be a decent guy to hang out with. Definitely. Had, and uh, uh, living or dead, the, I would choose James Garner, the uh, star of the Rockford Files. Oh, if right I could on. be with anybody living or dead, it would be James Garner from the Rockford Files, for sure. Those are great answers. Well, thanks, man. Um, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. It's, it's so cool to finally have you on. And uh, I wish you the best of luck with the rest of the campaign. And, uh, you know, everyone, go check it out right now. Newmusicnation.ca. Check it out. Boom. And thanks, follow Oliver. Ed on social media, of course. Oh, it's social media at Ed the Sock on Twitter. Ed underscore the underscore Sock on Instagram. I've got a Facebook page under my name. Uh, I have a TikTok account, but I haven't used it yet. <laughs> like yeah, I need, like I need another platform to fill content with. Yeah, really. Okay, right, man. Days cool. only so long. All right, thanks, Oliver. Yeah, have a great afternoon, dude. All right, take care. Bye. Bye, bye.